Shepherding Chaos, the Retail 247 podcast. Embracing change in the world of retail tech. Hello and welcome to Retail 247's podcast, Shepherding Chaos. My name is Alan Morris and today I'm joined by Dr. Esther Pugh. Esther is a Doctor of Philosophy and a Senior Lecturer in Retail Marketing and Consumer Behaviour at Leeds Beckett University. Last week, Esther gained recognition as a Senior Fellow of the Higher Education Academy. This is an excellent achievement, Esther. On behalf of myself and everyone at Retail 247, congratulations on achieving such an accolade. Thanks, Alan. Yes, I'm really delighted to have achieved this professional award from Advance HE, which recognises my commitment to creativity and innovation in all of my teaching and how much in my day-to-day role at the business school at Leeds Beckett University, I strive to influence others to better engage learners and to make learning fun. Delivering a great student experience, which evolves constantly with the needs of employers and society in general, is really important to me alongside my academic research and writing and all of my relationships with business that are so important. So I'm really thrilled to be with you today and to talk about my passion, which is retail. I've always worked in retail up until teaching retail now at the university, and I'm really happy to be researching and writing all about retail, which at the moment is in a big state of flux and is at a really transformative point in its evolution. And it's such a brilliant time, therefore, to be talking about it. It is, absolutely. It's a fantastic, uh, fantastic time to be in the industry. It's going through uh, so much change. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to go back to uh, February uh, of this year, Esther, when you were the keynote speaker at the Retail 247 Journey to Sustainable Change webinar. At that time, you shared with us many observations about retailing and provided some really useful insights on the subject that is, or really should be, right at the top of our personal and professional agendas as we plan for a better future in the industry. But someone who perhaps could do better when it comes to sustainability, I have some questions for you that I'm hoping will improve my understanding and point me towards the areas I should be focusing my intentions on if I'm going to do better. So, firstly, um, over the last week or so, I've, uh, I've sort of Googled and, um, sustainable retailing online and it basically returned back uh, 74,400,000 results. 2,700,000 were posted last month. So it's obviously a really uh, a hot topic as it should be. Can you just explain to me, in your own words, what becoming sustainable means for retailers? Well, Alan, you've described one of the big issues of sustainable retailing today. That is incredibly difficult to define the term. There is no agreed single definition of sustainability, let alone sustainable retail. The language has evolved over the years, and I've seen this changing in my lifetime. So from green retailing, eco-friendly, environmentally friendly, they were some of the words that we used to describe these business practices in the past um, of having environmental awareness and responsibility. Sustainability is about preserving the natural resources and saving the environment for future generations. 
Green solely refers to this area, whereas sustainability has developed as a term to encapsulate three criteria. So the social side of things, the financial aspect and the environmental. It's the ability to meet the current needs without compromising on future generations' ability to meet their own needs. So if we go back almost through a lexicon of the word sustainability itself, it's really interesting to investigate its history. It dates back to the 1700s, originally being related to German forestry, of all things. Um, then, much more recently, in the 1980s, the word sustainability began to be used more in terms of how humans live on the planet. And today, the most common definition of sustainability is that of sustainable development, which was defined um, by the Brundtland Commission of the United Nations in 1987. Thus, sustainability includes green products and services and eco-friendly activities, as per the more the wording of the past, but it also means undertaking changes in social, economic and environmental processes to achieve a balanced relationship between nature and humans. So to move on to the retailer side of things, for a retailer to become truly sustainable can seem incredibly daunting. To take the first steps towards sustainability, a retailer would need to examine all of its operations and its products and to identify how they can be made more sustainable. This might include, depending on the type of retailer, the use of raw materials and natural resources, reducing energy consumption and greenhouse gases, managing waste through using less packaging and by recycling packaging, reducing air miles and shipping, and adopting a circular supply chain. I would also include the offsetting of any potential environmental damage. So it might be by donating um, to charities or by developing renewable and sustainable technologies. Um, it should not just be jumping on a bandwagon, which has been one of the big criticisms of sustainable retailing. It provides lots of really strong buzzwords, but it, they're not always seen to be authentic. So what retailers need to do is be authentic and to holistically examine what they do and how they can slowly, step by step, reduce their impact on the planet and on society, possibly even turning it around to having a positive benefit on the world that some retailers are attempting to do. Yeah. <clears throat> Protecting our planet obviously has to be, uh, you know, it's important to everyone because without it, we are literally nothing. Um but for an established retail brand, how easy is it to remodel itself? How easy is it to remodel, to become truly sustainable? I mean, what really are the, the biggest challenges? Because it sounds like there's, yeah, there, there are lots and lots and lots of challenges. But what are the really biggest challenges for an established retail brand to become truly, to become truly sustainable? Well, some commentators say that it's never possible for a retailer to be truly sustainable because it's an industry based on supply and demand and profitable retailers, after all, de depend on consumers buying more stuff that they don't need often. I would say some of the biggest challenges for any retailer are these. So firstly, 
the difficulty that we've already talked about of defining sustainability. There is not one agreed definition across the industry or a single agreed set of measures of accountability. So that provides an initial challenge. Secondly, while consumers say they want sustainable choices, we have what we call in the academic world the attitude behaviour gap. So, yes, many people will say that they are willing to pay more for sustainable products and services. However, when it comes down to it, sustainability comes with a price and customers will sometimes select the most sustainable retailer or product only after they're happy with the price, the quality, the design, the image, etc., Thirdly, it's really hard to provide evidence of being truly sustainable. And nowadays, customers are really savvy and will question any claims made. Look at some of the recent criticisms of, for example, clothing rental, which was seen to be the answer to wasteful clothing consumption. Many, having examined it further, are now saying that it's worse for the planet than throwing things away. Um, so, for example, it has a high, the highest, some people say it has the highest climate impact of all because it involves lots of um, delivery and packaging costs. Another challenge for retailers is that sustainability and um, putting the wheels in motion of sustainability for a retailer is a very long term thing and they're not going to see quick wins. Retailers will need to look into the long-term future, at least five to ten years, often before seeing the rewards of sustainable change. It also involves high upfront costs, um, so customers may see price increases, and it can be very challenging for businesses at the more discount and value end. The final challenge um, that I'd like to highlight is that um, retail and sustainability is a conundrum in a way. So that retailers are making profits by selling stuff that people don't need. And to be sustainable in a true sense, retailers need to tell their customers to buy less, which they're rarely going to be confident to do. This can be extremely challenging for retailers if they're at the discount or the value end again, because it rely, these retailers rely on economies of scale and on people buying a lot of products. So those are the main five challenges. Uh, there's probably many other challenges as well. Well, those are the main ones that I've highlighted. What I'd also like to say is that any retailer's product represents a really complex supply chain. So a supply chain, as you know, is, is a really... Um, complex web of relationships, material flows, movements of goods and products across continents. It's about innovation, creativity, and human labor. This is the nature of global supply chains as they've become today. And the retailer is not always in full control of their supply chains. Uh, it depends which retailer it is. Some are more vertically integrated than others. But the challenge for retailers of being sustainable is that they need to build collaborative relationships with their suppliers. Because however much the retail brand claims it's sustainable, if its suppliers are found to have less than responsible practices, then it can damage their reputation. Yeah, there's some, some big, yeah, there are some big challenges there, aren't there? And um, 
yeah, it's obviously going to take uh, take a lot of work for retailers to get to the point. And I suppose also, you know, times times keep changing, and, and this is an evolving uh, evolving baseline in terms of you know, where where we need to go in the future. Um, as a as a customer, as a, a customer like me, for example, who wants to make more informed buying decisions, and maybe yeah, going back to your point of the uh, of trying to bridge the uh, attitude behaviour gap from saying I'm going to do something to actually doing it, can you give me five key attributes I can look for that proves that a retailer is or at least working towards become operationally sustainable? Yeah. Thanks, Alan. So there's two parts to that question. Then I'll, I'll tell you five key attributes that I think um, we can look for in a retailer and then tell you a few retailers that I think are doing some great things at the moment. So as you've recognised in your question, it would be difficult for a retailer to claim to be completely sustainable. But there's many retailers now and the progress has been huge in the last decade or so. Retailers who are making lots of progress and huge efforts towards becoming sustainable. This is fantastic to see. As a consumer, as you've stated, it can be really baffling, though, to know what to look for and who to trust. The Internet is absolutely loaded with information about sustainability. But we're not always sure which sources to believe. So remember, you said about all those millions of search results on Google about sustainability. So what I would say to anyone is, first of all, look on that retailer's website and social media. If sustainability is a priority for them, they will be talking about it. And it will be all over their website. It won't be just some tiny little thing right at the bottom that you find if you've got a microscope. You know, um, They will be telling their sustainability story. Or simply ask them. Ask the people in the stores. If sustainability is important to them, every one of their staff will know about it or write to their head office, speak to them and ask them. That will bring to their attention how important sustainability is as well. One of the things you can look towards is voluntary certifications and certain programmes that prove compliance with things like labour standards and rights, such, such as the SA8000 Certificate of Social Accountability. There's things called the Better Work Programme or NEST, which is an initiative supporting responsible growth and creative engagement of artisans and makers. Or RAP, which is the Waste and Resources Action Plan. These are just some examples of some of the um, certificates that you can find on company websites. But to go back to your question about what you might look for as a consumer... If you're looking for retailers who are truly sustainable, look for it as part of their story. It will be evident that they have made a strong commitment to sustainability by reading about their business story because it will be part of their DNA. It will be more than a brief headline or a brief mention, but it will be woven into their whole narrative so about how the items are made, who made them, where they are made, for example. The people who made them will be celebrated and there will be video and photography as evidence on their websites. When sustainability is part of a retailer's story, it will be authentic and it will sit comfortably alongside the whole brand values. Secondly, there will be evidence of circularity so that 
you will be able to find out how they reduce, reuse and recycle their goods and their packaging. So initiatives like end-of-life programmes to avoid goods going into landfill or offering repairs or lifetime guarantees. Also, they will use sustainable materials in their products and it will be clear which products are, what products are made of and where each component part came from and how they're made. So such as Tom's Footwear, who are currently working towards more sustainable materials for their shoes, such as organic cotton, hemp and recycled polyester and other material innovations. The next thing to look for is that they have some kind of targets and measurements in place for their sustainability. So an example is Stella McCartney, who have a timeline showing all of their sustainability innovations since 2001 and looking to the future, what they realistically aim to achieve through sets of targets. And finally, another thing to look for as a consumer is that this retailer makes every effort to reduce packaging waste. Maybe not just um, eliminating plastic bags or paper bags or cardboard packaging, but actually rewarding customers for not using them. For example, or, for example, or by using recycled materials in their packaging or being innovative in using reusable plastics, which extend the lifespan of their packaging. And the next bit you, you asked me was about retailers who, who are doing great things at the moment in terms of sustainability. And I'd like to highlight just a, just a few, because sustainability can be an opportunity to really differentiate yourself from the marketplace and to be really innovative and do something different, which stands out and gives you a USP. So Mulberry, for example, if we start at the high end, they have a made-to-last manifesto and they have a hyper-local supply chain aiming towards net zero emissions by 2035. Um, and they talk of their farm-to-wardrobe initiative. So really tracing all of the, mater the raw materials through the supply chain to the finished product. Their lever is low carbon and they operate a buyback, resell, repurpose and restore scheme. Um, and they're also um, very transparent about the real living wages that they pay their employees. Another one, which is more of a high street um, retailer that perhaps we can all afford a little bit more than Mulberry, <laughs> is ASOS. Um, and they have designed a wonderful collaboration with DPD, whereby they will collect your pre-loved clothing after you've worn it, um, and they will donate that to a charity of your choice, which really eliminates a lot of the inconvenience people find of actually bagging things up and taking them to the charity shop or or selling them or whatever, because that's one of the reasons why there is such a huge waste in the fashion industry, because sometimes people can't be bothered and they end up throwing things in the bin. So I thought that was a lovely uh, scheme. It's called the Reloved Scheme with DPD. And another retailer I'd like to highlight, which has been in the news a lot recently, is IKEA. Um, and they really stand out because they put sustainability at the heart of everything they do. So in their supply chain, half of the wood they use comes from sustainable forests and 100% of their cotton is derived from farmers who are proven to be working to better cotton standards. 
Um, I think we've all probably seen um, some of their really um, in innovative um, initiatives around second hand. So um, they want to. They say they want to be planet positive, and they're looking at environmentally friendly initiatives such as selling solar panels in their stores, renting furniture, and buying things back from customers when they're no longer wanted. Um, alongside other fun things like selling food made from insects. So I just think IKEA are really fun um, and they're coming up with loads of ideas. And it, it really, as I, as you mentioned before, the most sustainable retailers, it always seems authentic and it fits with their brand values. And I think IKEA is a good example of that. It, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of picking that up. I mean, the, the idea of recreating yourself. I mean, I asked you before the challenge about how does a, a traditional retailer become more sustainable, uh, and I guess it's sort of it's reinventing what you do and how you do it, and not yeah. just trying to enforce a sustainable program um, on how you've always operated. You've really got to be uh, bold, and you've got to come up with a new proposition and and really throw away some of what you've done in the past. That, that's, a, that's a really interesting, uh, really yeah. interesting section. And I'd just like to, to move on. Um, going back to February of our webinar, um, Journey to Sustainable Change, you spoke about the three Ps. Uh, obviously, you know, people have talked about the three Ps in retail for a long time, but your three Ps are somewhat different to, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. to, the, to the ones that we, uh, we more sort of traditionally uh, associate with retail. So your three Ps were planets, people, and profit. Um, can you just give us a, a, a brief sort of um, sort of exploration of, of, of those three Ps, please? Yeah, so this is something we always talk about when we're teaching corporate social responsibility at the university, the three Ps, plant, people, planet, profit. I nearly said plants then. <laughs> people, planet, profit. Yeah, so this was actually um, a term coined by John Elkington, who is an author and an entrepreneur, and he seemed to be a world authority on corporate social responsibility. He's said to have coined this term, although it's a little bit debatable, um, in 1997, and it's really an extension of the accounting term, obviously, the bottom line. And the bottom line becomes the triple bottom line. So instead of just being about profits, it's also about people and about the planet. It recognises that sustainability has three prongs. And really from the late 1990s, it's become increasingly acknowledged that organisations should measure success not just by financial profit, but by also looking at their environmental and social impact. So people, planet and profit are seen as interdependent and they can't be achieved alone without the others. So today, for example, because customers are increasingly motivated by environmental concerns, it's only possible to make long-term profits by adopting environmental practices. And these environmental practices must be accompanied by ethical approaches to people. So paying people fair living wages, providing good working conditions and not employing children, for example. And the triple bottom line is synonymous with a new business mindset, which came about around about the turn of the millennium, soon after John Elkington invented that um, term. 
And this was when businesses began to prioritise a softer set of values, if you like, and to, to think more long term into the future, considering the life cycle of their products from cradle to grave, and to be more open and transparent about their supply chain operations. This was accompanied, of course, with the growth of social media, which really um, brought some um, horror stories into the news um, about sweatshops and things like that. Um, but as well as being um, sort of whistleblowing terrible things that were going on within retail, social media is also an opportunity for retailers to talk to their customers and to be open and transparent about how they do things. So companies no longer can focus exclusively on delivering profits to shareholders. Accounting, so remember this is an accounting term, for social environmental impact is now a board level concern. Um, and however, it's quite difficult sometimes to measure the planet and the, so the people side of this, whereas the financial aspect is much more easy to measure in terms of profit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, yeah. That's that, that's an interesting, uh, interesting uh, topic, which actually we could we could talk about uh, an awful lot more. In fact, we could have a whole podcast yeah. <laughs> on, your, on your three Ps because yeah, I I want to enjoy, yeah, absolutely understand what you're saying, and uh, yeah, it, it's imp it's impossible you know, given where we are as uh, as the world to uh, to disagree with it. But but the ramifications of that change on retail. And the way retail business is structured, um, financially structured and financially mm -hmm. geared, is a, is a big area for, uh, for discussion, I think. Absolutely. Um, but uh, conscious of time, and as we're moving on, I'm a, I'm a, a technologist. I've worked in retail technology for, uh, well, for, uh, for a long, long while now, well over 30 years. And, um, and, I, and I guess I can see many ways in which technology can assist them with sustainability going forward. But there are some people who believe that the two technology and sustainability are mutually exclusive. And, and, I, and I've heard blame laid at the door of digital transformation for actually driving an increase in consumption by enabling instant purchasing and same-day deliveries. And so it goes back to yeah, the point you made about the, the conundrum of, uh, of retailers needing to get customers to buy more. Um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? Because those two things, you could you could um, create two lists, really, the benefits of the digital transformation for sustainability and then the negative side of it. Um, I think let's begin with um, the digital transformation. So the dis it's a disruptive um, world, isn't it? So retail has really been disrupted by digitization. And this has all been um, accelerated by COVID-19. So we've seen that businesses have... A great deal of pressure on them to adapt and to um, these abrupt changes in how they operate in order to survive. Um, and a ma majority um, of global leaders, business leaders surveyed, said that digital transformation has taken on more importance in the last 12 months, likely because of the pandemic, which has only really accelerated things that were happening anyway, but at a much slower pace. Technological advance should not be seen as the villain. I believe this really strongly against sustainability, despite those things that you mentioned before. There are arguments on both sides, but the digital transformation has many really positive benefits for sustainability. So on the one hand, 
Yes, the digital transformation, which has been accelerated by coronavirus, has encouraged more people to shop online through high street stores temporarily being closed during lockdowns. More of the population have become expert in mobile shopping, mobile being the biggest growth area in online shopping. So we now have 24-7, I like to call it martini commerce, anytime, any place, anywhere, yes. <laughs> through, our, <laughs> through our social media feeds, new brands coming up all the time on Instagram, for example, tempting us with their wonderful products. One-click shopping, seamless checkout, just the click of a finger, same-day delivery of a plethora of things. New payment solutions even are part of this digital transformation. So buy now, pay later um, from people like Klarna, one of the largest fintech firms in the world. Consumers who have been working from home, who have perhaps saved money on commuting, lunches and coffees at the office. They've now started spending a lot of that money online, haven't they, on things, um, whatever they might be. Um, using that spare cash, um, that's why some retailers have absolutely boomed during the pandemic if they're really good online. On the other hand, the digital transformation tools allow retailers and brands to anticipate um, outcomes through a combination of technology. So this can mean that they can actually be helped to be more sustainable. So advanced analytics, mathematical models, predictive analytics. I don't claim to be any kind of expert on all of these things, but I've done my reading and research. Um, and all of these technologies are being actively used by retailers to improve their sustainability metrics. Integrating technology can increase efficiency, creating much easier ways to work smarter, leading to more positive effects on the triple bottom line. By implementing technology into their supply chains, fashion retailers, for example, who are some of the most um, damaging to the environment and to society, can ensure that they are constantly meeting demand without creating excessive waste. It can give retailers visibility of end-to-end -end supply chains. Remember how we talked about the very complex nature of supply chains? And it can help those retailers to think more holistically about the long-term future. And technology can be used, for example, to analyse returns and to reduce the waste involved in returns and to stop those goods that keep being returned being promoted unnecessarily. Okay, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's you give me enough evidence the next time I have this argument with somebody who tells me that technology is uh, destroying the planet. At least I've got some way of coming back now with some uh, some good some good uh, good insights there. And retail for two plus seven, yeah, we've always been very conscious of the need to promote uh, sustainable change. I mean we have to recognise that the only constant in retail is, is change uh, about how to deliver it in a sustainable fashion. So what advice could you give technology suppliers like us um, in terms of how we can help retailers to do what they need to do better? Companies like Retail 247 can help retailers to be more sustainable by um, helping them to reduce the need for um non-essential deliveries and lots of returns, for example, by tracking data much more efficiently. So they'll help businesses to have better product data 
better consumer data, more efficient supply chains, and tightening up processes so that the right product at the right time is in the right place. Technology, such as that provided by Retail 247, can provide a real-time repository of all stock in the business so that stock transactions um, are visible and there's an up-to-date view of stock, where it is in the business and across all of the different sites in omnichannel retailing. This type of technology can allow considered logistics of stock across the business, saving unnecessary movements of stock, procurements and spend. I think the role of technology businesses for retailers is best when it's really bespoke and it's based on a relationship between the um, technology company and the retail business. So consultants, product managers and business analysts um, can apply their wealth of knowledge of technology of how it can help that specific business. Then they can select and implement the right solutions for each retailer. This can result in the delivery of technologies to support the retailer's sustainability commitments and requirements which are specific to themselves. Digital retail systems can also track the environmental impact of each product brought to market. So the technology can record sustainability factors, such as the quantity of materials used in packaging, whether those materials can be recycled or are biodegradable, and the carbon footprint involved in producing and shipping them. This technology can provide retailers with a powerful tool to help target where environmental savings can be made. And remember, this will be a big part in how that retailer markets themselves and give them some really strong numbers and metrics to support what they're saying about sustainability. So solutions need to be bespoke and they need to be individual to each retail business. And they need to also look holistically at the whole business, not just on one small area. And they need to think long term. Digital solutions really do have the potential to have a really positive benefit for the future of retailers. Yeah, I think you're, the point, uh, you're, the, the role of, of technology and the, and the application use is, uh, is, is, is absolutely uh, clear. Uh, I think the, the point of, uh, that you brought to the, uh, the discussion there that is, should be clear and uh, but not always uh, that apparent is, the need for a really strong relationship between the uh, the supplier and the retailer. Yeah. You know, people talk a lot about partnerships and um, and and the fact that you know they're not our supplier, they're our partner. Well, you know, we have to clearly define what that means. You know, it, mm. you need transparency. Yeah, you know, the as a supplier, you have to bring a set of skills and experiences that you can overlay on top of your knowledge and experience about particular retailers to help them yeah. get the most out of the investments and in technology that they uh, that they make. And, you know, whilst there, there's been a lot of talk about this over the years, there are... There's, there's, there's still a long way to a long way to go, and, uh, and Martin uh, Martin Scofield is very very keen to to drive forward that sort of that partnership type relationship yeah. that uh, yeah. that uh, that can bring about some of the good things you uh, talk about. Well, right. uh, thanks uh, thanks a lot for uh, for your time today. That was really uh, a really enjoyable conversation, and. Uh, 
you know, I started off by saying that uh, I'd like a, I'd like to be better briefed about sustainability, what it really means, so that uh, that I can uh, I can start to uh, to bridge my uh, my behaviour gap, as you as you pointed out, and, and I uh-huh. think that's that's the case. I mean, what's pretty clear to me is that. Yeah, the time for uh, for sloganeering about sustainability is, is long gone, and, and really now it's uh, if we are going to uh, to improve the environment and and, and to save the planet and uh, and and actually find a way of working um, better going forward, it's it now is a type of positive action. And yeah, there are a lot of challenges for retailers as you've identified, but it does sound as if a lot of progress is being made and some really good. Shining lights there. You mentioned Mulberry, you ASOS, and uh, and IKEA. Um, yeah, really making some good striding some steps forward. Who are obviously needed for yeah. other people. Um, not so sure about the insect-based food, but that's personal choice, isn't it? Eating locusts. Yeah, eating locusts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like the idea of the uh, more sustainable uh, policies that uh, at Mulberry it might. Uh, yeah, that might save you some money when it comes around for Christmas. My wife's got a particular uh, interest in Mulberry. Uh, oh, Mulberry. yes. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, th- thanks very much, Esther, and uh, I'll be speaking to you again. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Shepherding Chaos, the Retail 247 podcast. Join us next time for more tech views and insights from the people who know.